started. So I, I realized that, that, that I didn't fit into that category and, um, and that maybe there was something that I could offer to colleagues. So that's really where the book came from. And the book's been out a year now. Seal the Deal um, has been out a year, and it's gotten really, it's gotten some rave reviews by people like Marshall Goldsmith and Ken Blanchard and Julio Olaya and some other uh, big names in the coaching industry. And but really, what what people have been telling me that they like most about it is that while it, while the real focus of the book is around mindsets and the mindsets that get in our way as we're looking at business development, it also actually provides some real practical, proven examples, worksheets, checklists, templates, strategies, et cetera. And so it works as a really good textbook, and so some professors are actually using it as a textbook in some of their classes. So um, so the the program that this, is, that this call is the introduction for, we're going to do a, three more calls after today. And um, for those of you who are already signed up, you'll get to do a lot of work with me around uh, just that around the mindsets, the essential mindsets for growing your business, and we'll we'll be looking at um, just to give you a little overview of what we'll do in the next three sessions. Is um, we'll be looking at at our mindsets and some of the distinctions. I'm going to talk a little bit today about some of the distinctions um, around networking, marketing, and sales and business development. But but where we get tripped up, and and I think Dorothy, what you're finding too with all of the um, folks that you've been talking to from students as well as the community, you're so active in the community that um, there's a lot of fear about marketing. That we yes. Fair statement? So um, the kinds of questions and the fears that are coming up around marketing is really all stems from the mindsets that we have about marketing. And just, you know, you guys heard some people talking in the beginning of this call about, you know, marketing is a challenge no matter what I do. Um, you know, marketing requires being more assertive and aggressive than I've ever wanted to be. You know, there's... I already heard a little bit of the mindsets just in, in, in the way people were talking at the beginning of this call. So, um, so really, yeah, this is Dorothy. Yeah. As a way of just supporting what you just said, so pivotal. Can you talk about your mindsets in relation to your story? A few that you've heard. I heard two. One of them is the need to be more aggressive in marketing, which is is a pretty prevalent one. Could you talk a little bit about that and how your mindset? that shifted in your bringing this material to the field? Oh, <laughs> well, it's, I, I told you guys I was a teacher before I started coaching. It, so it's very interesting. When I got into executive coaching, and I, I loved it. I mean, I knew I had finally hit my, my sweet spot, as it were. Um, but then I realized very quickly, when the first few assignments came to their natural conclusion, I realized, oh, oh I've got to do something about this. But... My, uh, let me share with you my original mindsets about business development or sales or marketing. And that is, in my mind, I had it all worked up like a used car salesman, you know, someone who's pushy, someone who's forcing themselves on other people, someone who interrupts you at the dinner time, at dinner time you know, telemarketing calls. That's sort of how I had it all worked out in my mind. Or, or uh, someone who's slick and smarmy and gimmicky and, um, you know, trying to pull a fast one like a shyster. That's kind of the attitude that I had about it. So let me tell you the results that that set of mindsets produced for me. The results from that set of mindsets was that after my first two years in business as a coach, I was $10,000 in debt and I had no work on the horizon. And I can trace that directly to those mindsets. Then what happened is when I started really deconstructing and looking at what, 
what did I do to get the original work? What do I need to do to get work? What do people who are succeeding do? How do I figure this out? You know, I set about solving it as a problem. I worked with my coach on some of my other mindsets around money that I needed to shift. And, um, and, and so what, what I really was able to look at and why I know this is all about mindsets is that with a simple mindset shift of sales not being a four-letter dirty word about being pushy, I shifted it to, well, what, am I, what really got me into coaching in the first place? Why am I a coach? Well, I'm a coach because I like helping people. I want to make a difference. I want to contribute. I want to add value. So when I started looking at, well, how do I start thinking about sales as that, right? How do I align my thinking about business development as a way to help people, a way to make a difference, a way to contribute and add value? How do I, how do I shift that, my mental constructs to see business development that way? Within, and I can tell you, within six months of that mental shift, not only was I debt-free, but I was generating a sustainable six-figure income as a coach. So that's how I know from my own experience, and then since then I know from the work I've done with other people that, that it's all about the mindsets. And if we can get a hold of what our mindsets are about business development and sales and marketing, if we can understand the distinctions between those terms, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, then we can choose a different mindset that's more in alignment with what we're passionate about or what really matters to us. And once we've got our mindsets in alignment with who we are, we can generate business almost effortlessly. Does that sound good to anyone? Okay. Generating business effortlessly. <laughs> so does that answer your question, Dorothy? Well, yes. Um, and, of course, maybe that's a little bit of just people seeing how, how whether – I didn't mention that you're, you were trained in the new fields – uh, approach to coaching and have gone and have visited many coaching schools, but that's certainly very big in our gestalt approach that what's inside your own consciousness influences the way you look at the world. Yeah? So maybe you could talk a little bit about even what you heard on this call. It's just a way for people to see what it means when you say they could do some work with you on this. Because believe me, to hear that you went to six-figure income within a space of time is pretty already sexy. Yeah, well, and sustainably so. You know, it wasn't just a fluke. So that's, um, so, yeah, and, and so I, I would, I'd like this call to be a dialogue. And definitely, you know, for those of you who are already registered for the, um, for the next three sessions, it will absolutely be, you know, live group coaching dialogue, um, very, very much so. But since this is just an introduction, um, what I'd like to do is make a few introductory points around language and defining terms, and then, and then I'd like us to open it up to explain to start to explore and dialogue what some of your mindsets are and what would be the most meaningful for us, for you, for us to discuss on this call. Does that work for everybody? Sure. Muted. Okay. <laughs> yes, everybody's muted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So, um, so let me, I will speak for a few minutes about um, the, the core concept, and then we'll look at, at the amount of time that we have left together, and then you can all unmute and we can have a dialogue. So the core, the basic core concepts, and of course we'll get into these distinctions a lot further in the second call, um, but just as broad brushstrokes to give you guys a sense of it, a taste of it, is that the, the big word is, is business development. A lot of times we call it marketing, um, but it's really business development, and business development is comprised of three distinct domains, networking, marketing, and sales. Now, the reason I, I want to be clear about our language here is that 
people say, I need to go market my business, or they talk about um, even the title of this class, Marketing with Integrity, is really a bit of a misnomer because we're, we're talking about business development, which comprises networking, marketing, and sales. So let, let me distinguish the three of those first. Um, and, then, and then what we'll do in the later classes is look at how we get all three of those to work in strategic concert in order to get business. So when I talk about business development, what I mean is rainmaking. I mean simply creating the opportunities for you to serve your clients, whether it's serving them as a coach, serving them if you do OD work or leadership or team building, whatever you do, even if you're an, an internal coach like Mark, you know, you're, you're still going to be creating opportunities to serve your clients. And that's what business development means. Networking is one piece of that. Networking is the relational aspect of your business. It means that you're connecting with others for the purpose of sharing resources, sharing information, maybe sharing leads or best practices, sharing referrals, ideas. It's the genuine human connectedness. So it's cult- and, and really cultivating a working network of relationships is crucial to your business development system, whether you're internal or external. But in and of itself is not going to be the way that you build or expand your client base. Networking is for the purpose of networking. And a lot of people find networking to be painful, particularly if you have uh, introverted tendencies. Networking feels painful because you're thinking about it as part of the business development um, fast track, when really pure networking is really just making genuine human connections and whatever that means for you. Then there's another, another piece of the or core concept around business development is marketing and why I want this to be distinct as one piece of the pie and not the whole pie is because marketing is really about how you prepare yourself to take your message to market. You're taking your unique identity package, your irresistible offer, whatever that may be, and your message to market. The marketing piece is what involves strategy, design work, writing, outreach, But those things alone are not going to get you the clients that you want. Branding is part of marketing. Public relations is part of marketing. So marketing is preparational. Um, You know, networking is relational. Marketing is preparational. So it's it's the piece where you're oftentimes alone in your office behind your computer writing. You're either writing copy for the Internet. You're writing copy for a brochure. You're writing articles. Uh, Maybe you're in front of people, but you're making presentations or doing a teleclass. That's marketing. That's not networking, and it's not sales. It's marketing, which is only one piece of the puzzle for business development. So I can't tell you how many people I have talked to, particularly coaches, who who feel that if they're doing a lot of activity in the marketing domain, then they should be getting business, and they're frustrated because they don't. And really, marketing by itself is not what gets you business. Marketing feels safer because it's you in your head or you behind your computer or you sort of crafting your message. But it's only it, it, it's really only one third of the what I call the critical trinity around business development. So the third piece of the critical trinity is, is sales, and sales activities are about implementing all of your business development strategies together. So simply put, sales in, sales involves making opportunities, seeking to be of service, um, making bold offers, asking for the business, which is a big piece of it that that we often don't feel comfortable doing because of whatever our internal stories are about money. So asking for the business is a a big piece of the sales activity. And really what has to happen is you've got to have all three of these working at the same time. So if networking is about relations, if that's the relational piece and marketing is the preparational piece, then sales is the implementational piece, right? So when you've got 
when when preparation and relation and implementation all come together, then you've got deals. You're sealing the deal. There's a sweet spot where all three of those overlap and come together and intersect, and that's where you can effortlessly seal a deal. So you've got to have activity in all three distinct domains. You've got to understand the distinctions between the domains so that you can assess for yourself where your activity level is and whether or not it's hitting on enough cylinders to get you the business that you want. And if you go from, you know, people who can who are doing just networking and, and no marketing and no sales, they're going to get business eventually. It may take seven to ten years, but they're going to get business eventually, unless they get lucky. People who are doing just sales, they're going to get business. It may take three or four years, but they're going to get business just doing sales. But when you're doing all three of them together, networking, marketing, and sales, you'll see a quantum leap in the results and in the amount of time that it takes to get there. So I'd say if you're doing them all, all three together, really hitting on all cylinders in all three domains, then you're going to see results within, within six months or less. So that's the overview. Um, in, the, in the other three classes that we're going to do, we're going to go more deeply into each of those and explore more of the fears and questions around them. We'll talk about self-promotion. Um, we'll talk about making the, making the bold offers and what it takes to do that. We'll talk about um, getting endorsements and referrals and expanding the sale and leveraging existing clients to get more business. So that's a lot of what we'll be covering in the other classes. Um, but so for the remaining time that we have today, I want to open this up to ask you all to share a little bit about um, what questions you might have about business development, particularly if there's one question that you have, the answer to which would be really exciting for you, what would that be? And or, or if you don't want to do it that way, then you can say something around what you want for yourselves or for your coaching business. And then let's have some dialogue around that before we wrap up for the, for the day. So now would be the time to unmute. Folks, unmute, come out, and, and ask. So one question about business development. This is Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Yeah, hi. Um, just let me know if it gets too loud in the background. <laughs> okay. I uh, just wanted to answer um, uh, an answer to your question. So, I mean, for me, it's I don't have one specific question. I mean, basically, you sort of started answering my questions because I'm actually just starting my business as a coach. And for me, it's really more, you know, so where the hell do I start? <laughs> yeah. You know, have, have certain ideas, but then... You know, people kind of ask me, so how are you marketing yourself? How are you selling yourself? And I'm just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so, so actually having something organized and kind of taking it step by step or having, you know, just learning about different steps one can do with that, I mean, that's already a great for, relief for myself right now. And I will be attending the, um, the other three classes, so I'm really excited about it. Great. And yeah. you know what? I would say, too, that for the, the, to answer the where the hell do I start question, Mm-hmm. Um, start with what builds on your natural strengths. So for mm-hmm. some people, the networking comes very easily if you're extroverted and you like meeting people. I would say start there. For other people, you know, if you're more um, more analytical or um, or more introverted and you, you're the kind of person who needs to feel like you have all your ducks in a row, then I would start with the marketing piece because just mm-hmm. the the activities of crafting your message and honing your message and figuring out how to articulate your message is going to give you the confidence to go out and start networking. You know, you, mm-hmm. got, you kind of have to sit back and figure out what you need to say before you go out there and say it. Um, for people like me, you know, I think, well, I talk, so, I, you know, I can go out there and meet 
tone my message while I'm talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'd say know yourself and what your mm-hmm. strengths are and figure out um, which of those pieces either now mark. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does, and I'm <clears throat> reminding myself of a session I had a, several years ago with a coach, <clears throat> and that was his approach. It was the Buckingham approach with strengths, and he also had me read a book by a lady named Annette Simmons about the power of storytelling. Yeah, storytelling is critical <laughs> in the business development process um, because what happens when you tell stories, and it's not so much stories like once upon a time. These are real success stories, war stories, um, examples more than stories is a better word. But it, but you tell it in a way that compels the listener to see themselves in it. Not only that, but they, it, they sell you on why you're the person to coach them because they've heard something in the story that resonates for them. And you can't predict what that will be. So the work behind this, the business development work behind it, is to plan your stories, to think about what are some places where I really made a difference and what was the challenge or issue or problem that that individual or that team or whoever you were coaching was facing and what was the intervention and, and what was the result. So you want to look at communicating the results that came out of it, not so much communicating what the process was. They may ask that, but that could come later in the dialogue. Yeah, thanks. That makes a lot of sense. Another thing that comes up to me there is if you do it from the centered self, as, you, as I would describe what you're describing, is that then kind of the law of attraction works and that you'll attract people that are sort of vibrating at your frequency with your stories. Absolutely. But what's going to happen, too, is even if they don't see themselves in your story, your story is going to stick with them in their memory. And the next time they hear a situation that's similar to the story that you told, they're going to remember your story. They're going to remember you. And then what happens is you've now created a mini-agent for yourself. And the point of telling stories is that you want people to be mini-agents for you so that they can go out and tell your stories or refer people to you based on the story. You know, So the person that you told the story to may not necessarily be your buyer, but they'll remember your story and they'll be able to share that with whoever next shows up on their radar screen as having a similar situation. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, this is Bankers. Hi. Uh, hi. Hi. Well, you talked about mindsets, and I, I thought, do I have such mindsets? And, of course, I have, I think, many. And the one, I think, which blocks me the most in this issue is I don't like and I don't know how to talk about myself. Mm-hmm. And in coaching, since I am the product and I have to sell myself, it's very difficult for me. Um, although I have quite a network, these people know me from my previous job or from from my other things, but not as a coach. Since I'm a new coach, it's very difficult for me to present myself uh, as a coach to the world. So uh, my question is where to start. Great. This is great, great stuff. Here's what's powerful about what you're saying. First of all, I notice that There are a lot of people entering the coaching field who are coming from very successful previous careers in all kinds of areas. So you're coming with an intact network. And and the question that I hear you asking is, how do I leverage the network that I already have when they've already got me branded in a certain way? How do I rebrand myself as a coach within my existing network such that I can leverage that? So a couple of mindsets that I heard in what you were saying that I would encourage you to shift. Mm-hmm. One is the mindset of, I am the product. Another is the mindset of, I have to sell myself. I would challenge you to question those mindsets. Here's why. Mm-hmm. You are not the product. You are the vehicle. 
The products that you're selling are the results that your clients get after working with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to sell yourself. What you have to sell is the value of the results that the coaching process produces. You're going to sell yourself automatically in the process. You don't have to work to sell yourself. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's very logical, but I have to think about it more deeply about myself. Right. So what I'd encourage you to think about is, what do I love about coaching? What attracted me to coaching? What am I passionate about? Where is the best use of me in terms of my unique value add in the marketplace? What do I provide for my clients that is unique to me? And these are not easy questions Mm -hmm. to answer right when you've started. Um, so I would encourage you as a homework assignment to interview a few of the people that you've already coached and ask them, what's the greatest value that I contributed? Okay. So ask, ask for feedback from other people about what you provided or what you yeah. The other piece is you said you don't like talking about yourself, and really if you're focused on the results of what coaching can produce, you're not talking about yourself. You're telling stories about what other people accomplished in coaching with you as the vehicle to help them get there. I mean, it's very logical, but I have to think about it more deeply about myself. Right. So what I'd encourage you to think about is, what do I love about coaching? What attracted me to coaching? What am I passionate about? Where is the best use of me in terms of my unique value add in the marketplace? What do I provide for my clients that is unique to me? And these are not easy questions to answer right when you've started. Um, So I would encourage you as a homework assignment to interview a few of the people that you've already coached and ask them, what's the greatest value that I contributed? Ask ask for feedback from other people about what you provided or what you The other piece is you said you don't like talking about yourself, and really, if you're focused on the results of what coaching can produce, you're not talking about yourself. You're telling stories about what other people accomplished in coaching with you as the mm-hmm. vehicle to help them get there. Yeah, thank you. Very beautiful. I wonder what people focus. What do you do with that? I mean, what's just happened in you hearing that? Uh, can you repeat, please, Dorothy? Yes. Just hearing, hearing that and shifting your focus from trying to sell yourself to really focusing on what has already worked, uh, what's the work that people really tell you really make a difference, really focusing on that. What shifted in you as a new possibility? Yeah, it seems a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so, Susie, I mean, I think this is really what's so sweet is just it seems easier, but what else? Maybe doable? Yeah, more doable because it's easier to talk about the results of other people than talking about myself. Right. Right. And thinking about myself as a vehicle uh, is lighter than thinking about myself as a product. Yeah. Yeah. The way I think about coaching and the magic of what happens in coaching is that it happens in the space between me and the client. You know, I never know going into it what the result will be but I come in knowing what the results have been with other people. And I would say in 90% of the coaching conversations that I find myself in with executives today, I always have a, a story to draw on 
Now, not even in the sales process. This is in the coaching conversations. I find stories to draw on from other executives who face similar challenges and what they what they did in, as a result in the coaching. And it always um, inspires new possibilities in the person I'm coaching at the moment. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, I had one just this morning. Um, I was talking to uh, the the chief legal officer of a $5 billion company, and I'm sitting in his office trying to help him develop a leadership plan for where he wants to go next. And he, one of the things that he wants to do next is um, move into an even higher executive role where he would be sort of um, second to the CEO. And the CEO has asked him to take on this role starting in January. And one of his concerns was, oh, did I do that? Um, so one of his concerns was that he he would have to really, because he's a lawyer and comes from a legal background and, and because his whole world is around legal and strategy, that it would be a challenge for him to really understand the numbers of the business because it's a financial business and it's all about numbers. And and he's not a numbers guy. He's a strategy guy. He's a big picture guy. He's a lawyer. He does, the numbers, it's not his domain. And up until now, it hasn't had to be because he hasn't run that element of the business. Um, but if he steps into this new role, he will. And so I was able to pull out a story in talking to him about a woman attorney in Canada that I had coached who was the general counsel of a multi-billion dollar global company up there. Well, it, it's all over the place, but she was based up in Canada. And and she was transitioning from being just the general counsel and focused on all the legal work and the deals and the contracts to having more of a business role and being more of an advisor proactively in the businesses with the business people in the organization. And she had a lot of concerns around being able to understand the numbers because she's not a financial person. She hasn't had all the MBA classes that these guys have had. She's a smart person. She knew she could get there eventually, but she also doesn't have a particular affinity for numbers. And that's what I was hearing from the man I was talking to this morning. And so what I was able to share with him was a story about this woman and that one of the things that she found over the course of our coaching together that really worked for her was that she was able to say in meetings to the people who do understand the numbers he could say to them, walk me through these numbers, because what that would do is allow the person who already understands the numbers and has interpreted the numbers to tell her exactly at the high level what she needs to know to be able to hear where she can make a difference and have an impact from her legal strategic way of thinking. And when I shared that with him, his, you know, he had a couple of reactions to it. His first reaction was, well, you know, I've, I've been in this role for seven years. I'm supposed to be able to understand these numbers. I'm, they're going to think I'm stupid which is part of what she had dealt with, too. And so I was able to share with him, no, in fact, the opposite is true. Because when you say, walk me through the numbers, you're not saying, I don't understand the numbers. You're not saying, I'm stupid, I can't figure out the numbers. You're saying, walk me through the numbers so that I can hear your understanding of the numbers and your interpretation of the numbers, and then I can see where best to contribute and help you. So that was an example from just this morning. I actually think, now that I think about it, that was a turning point in my conversation with the guy this morning because um, at the end of the conversation, you know, it was supposed to be just a one-shot coaching deal. It was two hours to work on his leadership development plan, and there was no follow-up. And at the end of the conversation, he said that he'd like to talk to me more over the next six to nine months as a follow-up. So it ended up, you know, being a sales conversation when it was just a coaching conversation, which is something that we'll talk about more in the third class, which is how you, how you really leverage existing clients and expand the sale. And I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I was just trying to make a coaching point there. So that's the power of stories. Susie, uh, just to who asked that question but give me an example? My name is Pat. Why do you ask? 
I'm just curious, and so hearing that example, what's different for you? Well, I guess I'm not sure. I just wanted to get some idea of what, you know, that might look like. Um, that was that was the purpose of the question. I, I guess I may have to sit with it a while. Have you been coaching long, Pat? Mm, yeah, I guess you can say that. About 12 years. But, yeah. And so what... Um, what, are, what do you find to be a challenge about marketing, or business development, or, you know? <laughs> not liking it. <laughs> not liking it, yeah. yeah. But so, so you, there's something that's been really working for you because, you know, you've sustained a business for 12 years. Yeah, I think what's worked for me is unsolicited referrals. I need to get better at even soliciting. Yeah, that's what's worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, referrals and word of mouth. So you're clearly adding value so much so that your clients are sending you other clients. Mm-hmm. And so are you are you networking? No, I'm not doing any of what I need to, to, to be on this line. In fact, I would say that that's why I'm, I'm, to, I'm here to learn. I, I have nothing to contribute because, I, I mean, I'm not doing a great job at it. I just want to learn how to do it better because I think that just given where things are headed, I think that um, you've got to be really good at this stuff today. I mean, that's, that's my take anyway. Do you see that differently? Well, I, you know, I, Dorothy and I have talked about this in the past too, but, you know, that... You kind of have to be doing this all the time. Absolutely. I agree with that, and that's what I don't do. And I want to learn ways to do that that don't seem like hard selling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, my first mentor and teacher around sales used to tell me all the time, she said, do what you're doing anyway, but think business development. And that, and that for me made a big difference because I, I keep reminding myself of that when it starts to feel like a lot of shoulds around business development. Mm-hmm. The shoulds, trip you up because there's no joy in shoulds. Mm-hmm. Where business development happens magically is when there's joy. And so the joy comes from what you do best, the coaching or whatever, you know, whatever your your core business competency is. So if you're doing what you do best and if you're looking at leveraging yourself in the highest and best use of you, then you get to ask yourself, how do I do what I'm doing but think business development? And I, it sounds like in your case, what's really worked for you has been referrals from existing clients. So part of the shift for you would be thinking while you're serving your clients, thinking about uh, maybe sharing with them what you're looking for in terms of an ideal profile, and maybe they know someone in that, and maybe they could make an introduction for you. You know, So maybe it doesn't have to be a hard sell. It could be a simple request, and chances are these clients – would be happy to make referrals to you and are doing it without you even asking them. So what's possible if you were to say, you know what, I've been really lucky, I've grown my business by referrals, and I, you know, I really value referrals, and here's, here's what I'm looking for. Let me know if you know anyone who missed who That's a great idea. Profile. Thank you. That, that works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, the, I think the secret behind business development is finding a way that aligns with who you are and what you're already doing. Because otherwise it feels like this extra thing that we have to do that's a burden, like taking out the trash or, or paying taxes, you know, like it's this extra thing that we don't have time to deal with anyway. And that doesn't work when, when business development is this extra thing that we have to push to do. So what are some things, if you think about, what, what are some things that get in your way? Or, or when you think about networking, marketing, and sales as distinctions of business development, what what resonates for you in that or what new possibility do you hear in that are you asking that of everyone yeah okay <laughs> anyone who wants to play Susie, this is sue thomas um Hi. when when you asked three questions in one i know um, <laughs> yeah one. 
Um, <laughs> what gets in my way with networking is the one that resonated with me the most because um, I, I hate giving up all of my free time to do networking. Oh, beautiful. You know, it's like adding another task. And, you know, I, I am an introvert, much to a lot of people's amazement, but um, I, I don't enjoy going out and just putting myself out there and meeting all new people. I usually am the one who kind of stands back and takes my time at getting to know people before I ever even talk to them. Beautiful. So this is great. So the mindset of, of having to give up your free time to network is um, is where I want to play with you for a few minutes, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Okay. So the um, so when you do meet new people, get to know people, talk to people, what do you um, what are the kinds of things that you like to do with your free time that involve people? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Right, so I know nobody has any free time really, but what are the activities that you like to do? Usually if I'm if I'm if I've got free time it's and I'm interacting with people and not animals. Mm-hmm. Um it is usually around um uh, additional learning. It might be going to like the O D connection or taking another class or being on this telephone conference. Um great. those types of things. Okay, great. So in those situations where you're doing your own professional development, or even when you're engaged with animals, there's usually other people around. There's other animal lovers involved in some of the things that you're doing, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. So so when you're doing – so networking doesn't have to be a separate thing that you do. It doesn't have to be something that you go to, like a networking meeting where you're just exchanging business cards where you have to put on a suit and go schmooze with people who are trying to, you know, sell you their legal or accounting services. Uh, that That, for you – would, wouldn't work um, because you wouldn't enjoy it, you wouldn't be comfortable, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't help you accomplish what you want to accomplish because you would rather have the free time to spend with the animals than, than go do that. So, right. so for you, it's a matter of figuring out what am I already doing and who are the people that are there and how do I get to know them in such a way that I know what matters to them, what's important to them, or what their mission is, what they're up to, and so that I also have had an opportunity for them to know my personal platform. So for them to know who you are as a coach, who your ideal candidates for coaching are, who your ideal clients are, etc., who you want to network with. Because you start with who you know. And when you start with the people that you know, there's a whole, you know, there's like nine mindsets around networking that I talk about in the book and that, you know, we, we can get into in some of the later classes too. Um, so I'm not going to go there now. But, but there's a whole series of mindsets around networking that, allow you to do what you're already doing, so going to the classes or the OD connection or teleconferences, connecting with people there, creating offline opportunities to have further, deeper conversations to create more of a connection and more of a relationship, and from there, leveraging those other people's networks by asking for them to introduce you to people or for having them understand the candidates that you're looking to meet and having and asking them to, to help bridge and introduction. So it's not giving up your free time for networking. It's doing what you're already doing and thinking about networking. That makes it more manageable, and it's the, it's the first time I think I've ever heard any person talking about marketing that has said that you don't have to give up and do the things you don't want to do or don't like to do. No, in fact, so just the opposite. Yeah, put it into a different framework to make it manageable and work for you. Yeah, just the opposite is true. Do more of what you love doing because the right people are going to show up there. 
I mean, there's six billion people on the planet. You're not going to get to them all anyway, right? So you might as well do the things you love doing because the people that are going to show up around the stuff you love doing are going to be people who are similar, similarly vibrational to you, if you want to think about it in vibrational terms. Um, another way to think about that is that they're, they're like-minded individuals that are going to be showing up around the things that you enjoy doing. Perfect place to start networking. Makes it a lot easier, too. Thank you. Susie, this is Dorothy again. <clears throat> I'm aware of time coming to a close. But that was my alarm system because in the karma of everything, today is my fire drill check. Oh. Thank you. Sorry for that. But I'm wondering, those people who are on the line, if there's some questions people want to ask or statements they want to make before we close because it, there's so much to go through, but creating an opening for that. Hello? Well, Dorothy, this is Susie. I just wanted to... Um for people who have who are on the call today but who have not yet registered for the rest of the session, how do they what do they need to know about how to do that? Well, there are a few spaces left. We'd love to have you, um, because we love this material and think it's so relevant. Uh, you go to um Gigi at um OSDpayments.com. You can go to the webpage www.gestaltosd.org, uh, and it's you could register on our webpage. Or you can give Gigi a call at 440-205-8606. Great. Well, I just want to say that it's been a delight to be on this call, and I hope that it um, provided some value for the folks on the call who were um, willing to engage. And, and even for those of you who didn't engage in the dialogue, I hope that you heard something of value. And I'm looking forward to whoever's going to be joining us for the remaining classes. What I hear, uh, Susie, just in a way of just uh, supporting this conversation is the diversity of ways that people can begin thinking of marketing that allows everyone to go to what's your own truth and what's your way to have these different ways of creating relationship, um, getting um, implementation and doing preparation that ends up being congruent with who you are so that your way of making it happen really resonates with other people. And I think it's just as Susan Sue just said that it it doesn't have to be out of your own integrity, and that's really what comes back to your approach being so unique and such a gift for us. Thank you. Thank you, and thanks for inviting me to do this. It's been quite fun. <laughs> okay, folks. Anything else? Are we done? Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, thank you Susie. Thank you for thank arranging you. it. Yeah, good to hear you, Mark. Good to hear everyone. If you haven't asked a question and want to follow up, just give us a call. We're happy to hear from you. So, Susie, thanks again. You're a real star out there in the field. I don't know if people really fully realize what a star she is. She's so modest, but i got to tell you, she's a major star. So, Susie, you're the one we're really uppermost thanking and to be continued. Oh, thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for making time. Be well. Travel safely. Be well. Be successful. Bye. 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 Bye